Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our visions of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. When I wanted to start a podcast, I had no clue what I was doing. And I made so many mistakes along the way that I just wish I knew about earlier. I wish someone told me these things earlier. And so what I've done is I have prepared a completely free resource for everybody. It's called Podcast University. It solves for all of the unknown variables when it comes to starting your show or even taking your show to the next level. I talk about in a very, very concise manner. It's very quick to read what microphones to use, what headphones to use, what software you should use to record your remote interviews, and the microphones that you should use to record in-person interviews as well what software you should use to edit your show, what branding assets you need to take advantage of, where to host your podcast, like how do you get it on Apple and Spotify and everywhere else. I've got it all there for you on Podcast University. Again, completely free, and you can go to jordanparis.com slash P-U to get your show off the ground, take it to the next level, avoid all of the stress of figuring it out on your own. Podcasting has absolutely changed my life, and I know it will do the same for you. Now, one last thing before we get into it today, make sure that you are subscribed to the show, Growth Mindset University, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Everything we do here is to help you, to help you learn so that you can do all that you were created to do so that you can maximize your potential and who you are. As cliche as that sounds, we have interviews with New York Times bestselling authors and really just the most successful people in the world. Every single week, two times a week, we have those interviews. So we don't want you to miss it. Make sure you go do that. And now without further ado, please enjoy the show. guest today is Jason Pfeiffer. Jason is the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, as well as the host of two podcasts, not one, two, Problem Solvers, which is about entrepreneurs solving unexpected problems in their business. And the other one is Pessimist Archive, a history of why people resist new things. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So what does it take to, why did you create such a radically different podcast? Because I listened to Pessimist Archive and first of first off, I imagine so much work and research yeah. goes into that. Like it, it, you know, there, there aren't like that many episodes, but you know, it's, it's evident as to why, I mean, it must take forever. But my question with this is why didn't you just do an interview podcast with that? 
Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I always hesitate to, to, to share my like kind of honest, unvarnished feelings on this uh, in a format like this, which is to say, I, I understand that you have an interview show and I don't mean to be disparaging to interview shows. I, I don't really like interview shows. Um, I, 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 I don't. And it, like, again, I don't like, please understand. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk here. No, um, I listen. But, I asked, I yeah. asked the question and I knew, like, I knew, I knew it was coming. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't really, I don't like them. I'm, I don't like them as a, as a listener and I don't like them as a consumer. Um, I, and there's all sorts of reasons for that, but, uh, essentially I, I mean, listen, I come from a storytelling, um, and, and media background and, uh, and I think very deeply about how to tell stories and I'm, and I'm used to lots and lots of rounds of editing and trying to get some to a place where it really stands out and feels, um, you know, like better than it had it, somebody just dashed it off. But interview shows are low resource productions. Like the, they're designed to just you record and then you upload. And that to me is not, there's not a lot of work that goes into that. I, I like to spend my time as a consumer listening to something that I know people have really spent time creating. And interview shows don't take time. Um, and also be because of that, most podcasts are interview shows. And, um, and that means that the market is absolutely saturated with interview shows. And, uh, and I think that there's actually a lot of podcast fatigue going on. And I think that's because most people, if they check out podcasting, all they find are, are interview shows. And most people are not good at interviews because this is, this is the other funny thing about, about interview shows is that, um, people do them because they think that they're easy to produce, but interviewing somebody is really hard and, and to do it live is even hard, like, you know, in other words, it's like uncut and you're just listening to somebody's mm. interview. It's really, really, it's a skill. And most people do not have that skill, but they don't realize that. And then they launch an interview show. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, it, it takes a lot of skill, you know, especially doing it live, you know, around the time that this episode comes out next month, I am interviewing James Altucher in front of a live audience in New York city. And it's going to be, it's going to be freaking tough, man. Like, yeah. It's, it's going to be freaking tough. It is really hard for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, keep in mind that you're, you're like, you're not having a conversation. You're, you're producing a conversation. They're like, they're different things. And, uh, and, and I don't think, I think that most people just, you know, like there's a world of things out there that look easy, but aren't. And that this, the, the real magic for someone who knows how to do it well is to make it look easy, but it's, but it's not actually easy, and uh, and and I would I would encourage anybody, and this really goes way beyond podcasting. But I would encourage anybody who who wants to get into something because they see other people very skilled at it and they think that they could do it to not just try to replicate what they see, but to really dive deep into what it what creates good. Like what is actually creating the good in in these in in whatever you're seeing? Because it, it's often not what is evident. It's all the behind the scenes stuff, and it's the way that the person is thinking and reacting throughout it. And uh, you need to understand all of that if you're going to actually produce something that rises above the noise. Right. And now I do want to point out, though. I mean, I I do agree with a lot of the things you say about interview shows, and a lot of people just kind of wing it. And you know, I. On my end, and listeners know this, and anyone who follows me on the socials, on the interwebs knows this, I do my homework. I spend, 
for for some people, I spend way too much time researching them. Way too much. Uh, there was one person I literally put in thirty hours. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's um. There's a lot of work for me that goes on behind the scenes, and I, I want to. I just want to assert that that there's. I put in the work, you know, there's so many, yeah. they're, they're, well, but, good but for most you. people aren't, most people aren't. Right. No, but, good for so you. I I, you. I, I'm glad, I'm glad that you do. And, and I did, I noticed, you know, I noticed you showing up on my socials, uh, in the lead up to this. So I, I saw that you were paying attention, uh, and most people aren't. And that's, that's great. That's, that's, I mean, that's a big, that's a big part of, of, of doing it right. So here's, what's interesting now, this personal brand, phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And as the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, what do you think when you hear the word, when the, you hear the phrase personal brand? Because some people are like, oh, I hate that. And then other people are like, personal brand, personal brand, personal brand. And I fall somewhere in the middle. What do you think? Uh, I think that it's a really important tool, but it is not in, not a means unto itself. Uh, so like, I... I I'll give you an example. I was just recently talking to a woman who started a business coaching business. <laughs> uh, she's a business coach, um, but she's just starting out. And the thing that she had come to ask me, I, I do this consultant, people can book my time, I, I, I consult with them, is uh, she wanted to know how to get press for her business. She wanted to get some business, some coverage. And I, and I, and I told her, listen, like, let, let, like we, we need to get this out of the way right now. You're not going to get press. Because you're brand new, so you don't really have anything to show for yourself. And also, you're in an industry that's extremely crowded, and nobody who writes about this stuff has any idea how to distinguish good from bad. Right? Like The average reporter at a business magazine does not know what is a good business coach and what is not a business coach. How would you know the answer to that? The only thing that you can really differentiate is, is like, is this a person who works with very famous people or, or not? Right? And, uh, and so I said, listen, you're, nobody's going to write about you. So what you need to do instead is tell your story in a way that is compelling and will will grab an audience, and that will be a validator. And so what you need to do is start thinking about personal brand. Now, at that point, personal brand isn't like she's just not out there to be famous, right? Like that, I think, is sometimes what people think of when they think of personal brand. But what, what I'm suggesting is that personal branding is an important piece of her business it's a, mar it's a it's marketing it's storytelling it will also if she really thinks hard about it help her refine her own story so that she is able to communicate not just to the world but to her clients what she really stands for it's a great exercise sounds like it now where do you think people trip up most of the time when they're going about creating their personal brand uh, I think in the same way that they trip up when they are reaching out, looking for business opportunities or they're networking or whatever, which is that they are very focused on what it is that they want rather than what they can provide their audience. And so they will build a personal brand off of listen to my podcast or like, you know, build a per like, like, you know, they, they, they're putting themselves out there, but the stuff that they're putting out is all promotional or it's all asking people to do something or it's just kind of showy because it's just it's trying to broadcast a thing but what you really need to do is identify what is it that you can provide what value can you provide that your audience isn't getting elsewhere i mean if you like the word brand in personal brand is really really important think about a brand think about coca-cola think about red bull what do these things do they simplify their message so that it is repeatable and predictable 
And then they find new ways to express it so that people feel an emotional connection and some kind of nourishment from that brand. And that's what you have to do as a person. You have to distill yourself down as simply as a brand does and know how to repeat that and serve that over and over again. Certainly. And I do want to transition here a little bit because the state of, you know, just with the, how the internet is evolving, things are very interesting that are going on in that I was talking to Mark Manson yesterday and he's like blogging is in recession, mm-hmm. right? You know, it, people, you know, people's traffic is, is way down now for entrepreneur.com. What are some things that you're doing to work around that and get more traffic and build and maintain interest? Yeah, so you know, I mean, blogging came. Blogging has been through a couple different versions of the internet, right? Like, blogging came up in an era that was not driven by search platforms. Like, Google was not as dominant uh, as as it is now when blogging was around. And so, the way that people would experience blogs, and and I just like to linger on this for a second, so you can you can think about how how a medium is created in a completely different environment. Blog, like early blogs. I was an early blogger, like like late '90s blogger, and um, and that meant that people would go to the individual blog, and that the way that you would then find other blogs is that blogs would have a blog role. That it was called a blog role. It was a list of other blogs that they liked that they would they would put on the left or right hand column of their site, and that's how people would experience it. So they would just kind of bounce around to these things. And then we found, and then we developed different ways to enter websites. Right? So there was Google and now there's social and, um, and nobody goes to a homepage anymore, which, which really limits and uh, the ability of a, of an, any individual blog to get, uh, the kind of repeat visitor and community that they were once able to build. So you have to adjust. And then everybody adjusted by chasing Facebook because that, that was the second thing, right? So it's like this kind of pre-search time. And then there's the social driven time where Facebook was driving a ton of traffic. And so everybody started shifting towards that. And then that stopped because Facebook changed its algorithm. So now we're in a world of intent traffic where people are often coming into websites through Google. So they're searching for something. At least this is, this is the case for us. They're searching I need a, how do I build a marketing plan? How do I build a business plan? And they're finding us through that. So we need to, and this is what we're now actually going to spend the next year doing. We need to reorient our site for the way that people use the internet now, which is to think of ourselves as a resource and to structure ourselves like a resource so that when people come in, we can, let's say they're coming in because they're searching for how to make a marketing plan that we now know something about them, which is that they're interested in marketing and we can, we can, deliver to them not just one piece but but actually a comprehensive resource on um, uh, uh, on the subject that they're looking for and then additional services and products that we can offer that can make their lives even easier so that that's our big project so I mean where do you see as a whole media going over the next decade and beyond do you see do you see some more of these magazines dying out yes. or you do? Yeah, okay. they have to. I mean, they have to. We're in a different mm. economy. The economy is changing. And and I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I mean, here I, I mean, like, you know, I, I will be sad to see people lose their jobs and all that. But listen, a lot of the magazines that, that 
exist existed because of an economic opportunity. There was some mm-hmm. publisher and they noticed that there was a marketplace that hadn't been tapped or a group of advertisers that were looking to spend money and didn't have um, the, the, the products available to them or whatever it was, right? Like I think of uh, Men's Health. When I, I worked at Men's Health, Men's Health identified, this is pre-recession, they identified that there were a group of luxury advertisers who wanted to reach men who weren't being well served by the by the magazines that were out there already, right? And like Men's Health was a little too lowbrow for them. So Men's Health created Best Life. And then Best Life was a magazine that existed for a few years until it was killed off the recession because at that point, those advertisers didn't want to spend and spend that money anymore now is that a great sad thing is that a loss for the world that best life disappeared did we did we should have had it was best life um our our birthright that we should have had best life no no i mean it was you know people did good work and there were good stories i wrote for best life but like let's just accept that things come and go and businesses rise and businesses fall and that's the that's the nature of the world so um yeah there will be other closings and i think that that's fine um and there will be uh you know companies that stick around and and they'll serve important roles for um, for their audience. I, the thing that uh, I think is going to keep a publication alive for the coming decades is they're going to um, they're going to need to stop thinking of content as the thing that they build their business model around. So content right now is you monetize content, right? Like that's what a media company does. They monetize content. You either sell ads against it or you sell subscriptions. And both of those are very, very unsteady businesses. So so you have to, I, my suggestion, and we are very much thinking about it like this at Entrepreneur, uh, and I know that there are other companies that are doing it too, is to stop thinking of content as the future of the business, and instead think about content as the relationship builder. Content serves a valuable role. It is a it is a relationship builder. It's the reason why people trust you. It's the reason why they come back to you. Um, but it can't be the thing that you monetize. So instead, you build that relationship with the content, and then you develop other products and services that people will trust you to buy because they trust you because of their content. That's where it needs to go. And I think that some will get there and some won't. Mm, certainly, certainly. A couple final questions. I know you're a busy guy. How do you manage your time and how do you make sure you're staying productive instead of merely staying busy? Because I'm sure you have a tons of comments. I mean, I know you have tons of comments to reply to and it's very easy to get caught up in that. Do you have any rules with your phone? How do you, how do you, you manage know, that? I don't have any rules with my phone. Um, I, so uh, I've done a couple things, um, and yeah, I mean, just to give you the full, the like, the breadth of it. So I, I, you know, I'm the editor in chief of Entrepreneur, which is a pretty busy job by itself. I've got two podcasts. I actually have a third that's coming out, and then um, I do a lot of speaking. Uh, so I'm traveling around doing speaking. And um, last year, I also had, I was dealing with a novel that I had written with my wife that came out. So you know, pretty busy. And I have two kids. So um, so a thing things that I do. Okay, so number one, I consciously cut things out. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a look at my life and I'm saying, what do I simply not have the time for? Like if, if I were to think about time in terms of outcome, where, uh, where, every, every, where every time that I spend time, it leads to some certain outcome, I need to optimize my life so that the outcomes are always the valuable outcomes. I'll give you an example. I have an hour. 
I have an hour between uh, eight and nine p.m. and um, and uh, maybe my my wife is busy, and so I'm not you know like there's nothing we're not going to hang out. She's on the phone or she's working or something, um, and so I could I could do three things. I could. I could look at Twitter for an hour. I could watch basketball. I love basketball for an hour. Or I could work on a script for the next episode of my podcast. Okay. So if we thought about time in terms of outcome, then let's fast forward a week or a month or something and say, there is an outcome to that hour spent. What would I like that outcome to be? Would I rather say, I oh, I saw that tweet? Or would I rather say, I watched that game? Or would I rather say, listen to my new podcast? The answer is, look into, listen to my new podcast. So if I can keep that in mind all the time and always be conscious of how I'm spending my time by way of thinking about the outcome of that spend, it really helps keep me focused on the things that matter. So I just cut stuff out. I haven't watched basketball, I mean, you know, minus a minute here or there in like years. I love basketball. I just don't have time for basketball. Um, Pop culture, I basically cut that out. Uh, um, I, I do look at social media, though I'm largely only looking at it for direct engagement with people who are reaching out to me. I don't like scroll Twitter. You know, I don't, I don't care about that anymore. I used to. And, uh, and, and you just, you know, like I realize that this is, this is, sounds like a joy, joyless way to live, but it's not because I'm producing all these amazing things that I'm super proud of. And also I think about outcomes, not just in terms of work. So sometimes an amazing outcome is a stronger relationship with my children or my wife, or, or an amazing outcome is, um, you know, a, a stronger relationship with my friends. So sometimes like spending that time with your friends or your family is, is a great way to spend that time. Um, you just have to be conscious of it. That's fantastic. I have so much value there. And, you know, I have some very similar philosophies and guidelines that I, that I use in my own life. Now, Jason, People can visit you at jasonpfeiffer.com, entrepreneur.com, but I highly recommend, because people who listen to this podcast love to learn, and if you want to learn, The Pessimist Archive is a beast of an audio companion. Thank you. So, yes, you. definitely check yeah. that out. Is there... Is there well, yeah. yeah, I guess I'll just, I'll just, let me just explain it because um, we, yeah. we've, you mentioned it at the front and the back end here, which I appreciate. But so anyway, so it's an ep- So each episode looks at the moment that a new piece of uh, a new technology or innovation or just something new was introduced in the world. And, and we try to understand why it freaked everyone out. I think of it as a rate as like an audio documentary. So I've interviewed a whole bunch of historians and dug up all this archival material and we weave it together into this really fun narrative. It's usually about 30 to 45 minutes. It takes me two to three months to make each episode um i uh, i finally i got a grant for the show uh, so now i can wow. i can pay people to help produce some research and also to edit the show so i can move on to other things so now we're able to get them out on a monthly basis we're just layering the production whereas before it used to take two to three months per episode to get it out and uh and it's just my message my my overall message there is that um resistance to change is completely ridiculous and futile. And in fact, whatever you are saying today about how bad some new thing is, like, you know, oh, uh, the iPhone is making us uh, is, uh, have no attention spans and, uh, and kids today don't know how to talk because they're text. Everything, all of that crap has all been said before about something else like everything that you have to say about the internet that you think is really uh, some clever interesting insight it's not a clever interesting insight it was said about the telegraph when that came out in the mid 1800s like all this stuff just repeats over and over again and and my point is that we need to we need to acknowledge 
at, at that if you look through history, um, you will see that over and over again, we make the same exact claims. We have the same fears. They never come true. So so it's it's very, very likely that today's fears will not come true true either. And therefore, let's spend our time learning how to be better and learning how to use new things and embrace new things and change along with new things instead of just trying to resist it. Jason Pfeiffer, you are the man. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today, brother. Thank you. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, there are a couple of ways that you can give back. The first is, of course, to leave an honest rating and review in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. You can also take a screenshot of this and share it out on your Instagram story and tag me at j underscore Paris underscore and tag our guest as well and we will absolutely give you some love. And then, of course, if you want to start your own podcast, a podcast like this or any other podcast you envision, you can go to jordanparis.com slash PU to get free access to Podcast University. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn and grow to give.